following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Tuesday, October 9th, 2017, season 13, episode number 53. Welcome to another edition of The Break. I am Derek Eagleton, and I'm joined by Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia. We're live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking Cowboys football. Um, it's a Tuesday. It's the bye week. And so we're going to try to take a little bigger picture look today at what's going on with this team and try to answer some questions for you guys uh, with the big overall theme being that we're going to look at this team and look at the things that they've done well so far, the things they haven't done well so far, and try to answer some questions around how they can be better um, in once they get back from the bye and they're going down the stretch, how they can be better uh, to position themselves uh, for a playoff run. How's everybody doing this morning? Man, I'm doing good. Good? I'm great. Good, awesome. You don't look great. I am. I'm better than great. You're right. I oh. don't look great. I look phenomenal. <laughs> really, really good stuff. Thanks, Dave. I need. We to. can tell. <laughs> Thank you. All right, let's uh, let's jump right in. And uh, I guess the first thing I wanted to to just mention, and uh, we can talk about it a little bit. This NFC East, um, after five weeks, um, is is looking, I think, very different than probably what most people expected it would look like going into the season. I know it looks different than what I thought. Um, I thought the Cowboys and the Giants would be at the top of the division. Right now the Giants are sitting at 0-5, and, and it looks like they're they're just in position where things are going to implode from here if they haven't already. They've now lost three wide receivers for the season in one game, which is remarkable. That's... And then another receiver uh, that's going to be out for presumably maybe a week, two weeks. Uh, so it just doesn't look good for them at 0-5. And then the Cowboys, uh, one peg up at two and three. Uh, then Washington, second place at two and two. Philly at four and one. What do you guys think about this division right now? Drinking. What did you say? We're both drinking. Oh, yeah, so something to say. I thought he meant like the different type of drinking. Like, mm. well, drinking after how this thing started out. Might have to. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm certainly shocked that the Giants are as, as putrid as they are because I really thought they were going to be the Cowboys' main competition for a playoff spot. Um, so just to see them just kind of have that start from hell, that real I mean, crazier things have probably happened, but I, I don't know how you come back from an 0-5 start where, you know, probably, well, definitely your best player is out for the year uh, and your biggest problem, your offensive line isn't getting any better. So, I mean... Remember when I said they didn't really play that good against the Giants? They, do you guys remember that? Do you guys think? Uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. Do you remember no, when I said that no. they didn't really play that well against the Giants? They dominated an NFL team. The Giants, all of their losses except for the Cowboys game. Are you saying you, you the Cowboys didn't play that well against the Giants? Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, I said that before. The Cowboys. But now, do you great. think differently? From this absolutely Giants not. team, no, absolutely not. The Cowboys played played their best game of the season, in my opinion, against the Giants. I, I know that. Yeah, I think that's what our point is. It's that not so great now. No, it, but it's still an NFL team. Yeah, it I mean, is, and sort of. You allow a field goal <laughs> to an NFL team, and I mean every every component of your that team defense at is least still that good. defense, right? Well, what what's different about that defense? They're like last in the league in rush defense right now. I mean, like, I, I get the point she's trying to make, but she's not right because you still dominated an NFL team. 
Yeah, that doesn't happen. I mean, the Giants lost on the last play of the game to well, the Bucks. Okay, maybe lost late in the fourth quarter, the Chargers. Uh, they gave up the back-breaking touchdown to the Lions with you know less than a quarter to play. Whereas really against the Cowboys, they were they were hardly in the game at all. They got dominated in an NFL game, which you don't see happen that often, right? Especially a division opponent. So they still, I think, played fairly well. Okay, no, they did, but I, I think I don't know if this is what you're trying to say or not, but I think. Maybe what you were saying back then was, hey, nice win, beat the Giants, a team you couldn't beat last year, but it doesn't signal that everything is fine. They still didn't. You're saying that they didn't play that well, and we're seeing it. They go back the next week, they get crushed. Then they beat a Cardinals team that isn't very good. So, I mean, the, I'll give you, I'll give you, beating the Giants does not look good. In you know, it does not yeah. look like as good of a win as you probably thought it was. But I still think they played overall pretty well in that game. And they did, but they made a lot of mistakes, and it wasn't as great of a win as you would think. It was just because it was against the Giants, a team that they haven't beat, and they have ish. I mean, they beat them one time last year, but um, they didn't. no, they no, didn't. They didn't. Uh. Uh-uh. They lost both games. Oh yeah, that's right. Duh. That's so why it became from last year. <laughs> I, I'm when it goes to like further than a year out, my mind starts getting a little blurry. Me but that, that's my point. That's why it was such a big win for the Cowboys because it was against a team they haven't beat. So aside from that, it really, really wasn't a wonderful win in the way they played. Yeah, I, I guess the the way I look at it is, and I maybe I'm different in how I look at these games. I look at them game to game, and when you play a division opponent, you beat a division opponent, you beat a division opponent by significantly beat them, and by the way, this is a team you couldn't beat last year, and by the way, I know the statistics are what they are, but at week one, that defense was as strong as a defense. Uh, they, they were missing one guy, I think, that was a starter last year that was a significant starter, uh, the defensive tackle that went on to where yeah. you going to I Jenkins, think yeah, but but most well, of the, the Giants guys, have lost five of, times. But I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is, most of the guys on that defense that were the difference makers last year were right back there and present in Week One of the season this year, and the Cowboys played as good a game as they played all season. So I get your point. I understand that. Yes, the Giants aren't great. But whether that was the Giants, whether that's the Cleveland Browns, whether that's you you plug in whatever team you think mm-hmm. is at the bottom of the league, when you go out on a Sunday and a team gets a, a win where they beat up and dominate another team, that's still significant in my book. And I think that still matters because, trust me, I have a college team that we struggle with everybody. Right. So it, to go out and, and dominate a team, it, that still matters. The Giants. Okay. I thought about that, yeah. your college team, though. I thought about that from last year. Remember, they go and they beat Notre Dame in overtime, and it's like, wow, this is great. Texas football is back. You know, no, it's like, Notre Dame's not very good. And, and I think the point is is that like it, what looked good in week one is doesn't look as good anymore. Yeah. That's that's it. Now, what, they played well in the game, that's, but yeah. now you're realizing that I think Auburn could beat them. Maybe. No, I mean, Nick. I'm just saying. No, no. <laughs> I, and the, the Giants are bad, though. The Giants, yes. the Giants. They're going to be even worse now because of those three guys being but lost. But one the of them was gone when they played the Cowboys, and, yeah. and it was noticeable. Difference. New York's margin of defeat so far this season is 5-2-3-14-16. and 16. Yep. I'm just saying. And, and I get it. I get it. it is but not one a, of those games is without their best player. And we'll see moving forward without their best player how they are. Oh, it it's going to get worse now. It definitely will. I'm, I'm just saying they didn't play – 
they they structure that team. No running game, no offensive line. That's fine. We got Beckham. I don't know what we're arguing about at this point anymore anyway. I don't either. Uh, fact is, when they play at night, they're good. When they play in the day, they haven't won. Is that, that's it. Is that that's it. Fact is? Yeah. Night and day. It's a night and day difference of this team. That might be a headline on our No. Um, you don't control that. The Giants, well, the Giants, being, the Giants <laughs> being terrible is certainly pretty surprising. Um, Giants break. Nothing else really stuns me. I, I think the Eagles had the defense that I thought that they would be a competitive team, and I, I would have said however good they're going to be probably rests on how well Carson Wentz plays, and so far he's playing really, really well. Did you expect their offense to be as good as it's been? Because their offense has been really good. Yeah, no, I didn't. I'm, you know, I know they signed Alshon Jeffrey, and, and Torrey Smith had moments in Baltimore, not really so much in San Francisco. Um and and they lost Aaron Sproles. So I didn't see a lot there that made me think they were going to be a juggernaut. But again, if your quarterback is playing at an amazing level, it doesn't really matter who's around him. Ask Aaron Rodgers. Um, so um, it's it's a little surprising that their offense has looked as good as it has. But overall, I think that had the makings of a competitive team. And then it always surprised me that people were so eager to write off the Redskins like they didn't make a playoff push of their own last year. I mean, they were up, they were in the wild card race up until late December and they took the week off. So it's kind of hard to judge, but they gave the chiefs everything they could handle on the road on Monday night, two weeks ago and just, and beat the crap out of Oakland uh, when Derek Carr was still playing. So they, they look formidable. So um, I think it's a, it's, I, th- I think this division is going to be a dogfight all the way. I mean, I, yeah. I would be surprised if Philly runs away with this thing one way or the other. They, they haven't really beaten anyone yet, and, and Ooh, the, the Eagles. Oh, the Eagles. And, and, like, you look at the rest of their schedule, it's not going to get that much worse for them. So they're in a, they're in a good situation because they are beaten. So who have they beaten? Well, they beat the Redskins on the road, which is – that was a big win, you yeah. know. On the road. Uh, yeah. Obviously. Um, they lost to the Chiefs. They they beat the Giants by three. It was a really close game. Uh, they beat the uh, Chargers by two on the road, and they beat the Cardinals. You know, all three of those teams are really are struggling right now. They'll face the Panthers on the road this Thursday, week, tomorrow, Thursday night, tomorrow, yeah. Thursday, oh, night. Thursday, yeah. Thursday night. Yeah. yeah, I'm all out of way. I was about to say we're not. I'm trying to push this week forward, but it's just not going that fast. I actually this morning kind of thought, is it is it Friday and it's Tuesday? That's really the worst thing to think is it's Friday and it's Tuesday. Anyways, they play the Redskins again, 49ers, Broncos, Cowboys. I mean, that, that's the thing. You're down two games to the, a team that you're going to face twice. So, yeah, I agree, Dave. They're not going to run away with anything. But they are playing pretty well, and, and they, they're doing it with receivers that you don't that you wouldn't expect to be that great. I mean, Alshon Jeffrey's good, but, you know, they're finally getting that, some stuff out of Aguilar. And, and I, I think the key there is just the tight end. I mean, they just move the ball with the tight end there, and Ertz. So... All right, let's um, let's move break. on. I did want to hit uh, a, a bigger topic uh, today. Like I said, I want to kind of look at what this team does well and what the t- this team does they haven't done so well, um, and see if we can figure out you know how they need to progress down the stretch in order to get themselves into position uh, to make a play to make it to the playoffs number one, but then be able to make a push in the playoffs. So I started looking at some of the numbers, um, and I found a couple things that are that are kind of trends that I, I'll be interested to see if you guys agree with these things. These are things that the Cowboys do well, uh, looking at them statistically and how they rank to the rest of the league. Scoring, uh, they are right now ranked um, in points per game, ninth in the league with 25, doing pretty well there. Um, they are 
limiting the number of turnovers. They have zero fumbles, which is a, always a good thing. Uh, they only have a few interceptions, but again, nothing that's alarming. So they're limiting the number of turnovers that they're having. Um, and they're running the ball okay. If you look at their pers- the, the yards per carry, they're actually third in the league with 4.7 yards per carry. Doesn't feel like that, though, as, as you're watching the game. So I think that that number can probably be a little bit misleading. So I'll ask this question. Based upon those things and any other things you guys can think of, what do you think is the best thing the Cowboys do right now? Based on the first five games, first, what do you think is the best thing that they do? Are we talking offense? Offense. Just uh, on the offense. offense right now. Yeah. The best thing the Cowboys do. What Dak does. I was going to say, uh, play quarterback. Just what it, whatever goes along with that. He's... He's the the best thing about this team right now, in my opinion. I actually looked at this. I know you can't take out I know you can't take out the bad stuff and only look at the good stuff, but he was he was pretty mediocre to bad by his standards in the first two weeks of the season, even against the Giants to Amber's point. Um since then, in the three games since then, his average pass rating is one thirteen point five, which would put him in the top five in the league. I mean, he's been outstanding. He's the only reason why the Rams game was even as close as it was, and he certainly gave them every opportunity you could want to beat the Packers as well. Um, they run the ball all right, but again, like it's just it's not what it was, which is disheartening because that was I think that was the key to everything last year. So it's weird. I mean, they I don't know the stats offhand, but they probably run the ball better than two thirds of the league, but it doesn't feel like it. Well, it, it, it's very obvious that the teams have, have decided that Dak Prescott has to beat them. And, you know, right now he's 2-3. and three. So, I mean, as great as, as we think that he is playing, and he has played well, but this is the, this is the game plan. This is what teams are, are betting on is that we're going we're gonna to put it in Dak's hands and see if he can get it to the receivers who don't scare us and, and the tight end who doesn't scare us. You know, the, the, they're letting those guys try to beat them and, you know, it, it's a recipe that, that so far is, is you know, has worked. They have three losses this year, three losses last year. So they're, they're not letting them run the ball uh, like they did last year. And Dak is playing well, but, I mean, they're not, it's not resulting in, in victories. Not, not many. You think that's the best thing they do? Is Dak and, and the passing game the best thing? I'm sorry, do? but this is, looks a lot like it did three or four years ago when Tony. When Tony was the best thing that they did and – Sometimes it was good enough. Sometimes it wasn't. And you know what? You just finish 8-8. Eight and eight. And this is the path that this team is on. I mean, they're going to finish 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, just depending on how things go, if it doesn't change, if they don't start dictating what they're going to do and say, now nah, we're going to run it regardless of what you think we're going to run it. Amber, do you think that's the best thing they do, Dak Prescott in the passing game? Yeah, I said a Dak and then – I mean, for the running game, again, the numbers, like Dave said, it's not too bad, but I just think it's because we were spoiled from last year that we expected to be a certain way and we just haven't seen it be that way. So aside from that, I think every other area, there's an issue in every other area aside from quarterback. And even quarterback, but it goes back to what the offensive line is doing. I mean, Dak has been doing a phenomenal job just – making sure he's not sacked or he's he's been under pressure a lot. So defensive line, there are some issues there. We've seen issues at the wide receiver position. Uh, again, tight end, somewhat. I mean, we barely started seeing Jason Witten doing some things. So 
there's a problem in every area. You know, the, we didn't talk about it because we talked about the end of the game, but, but the first drive of the game, the throw he made to Bryce Butler, getting out of the sack, and I, it felt or it looked like the guys were on his legs, like trying to bring him down, and he still had enough arm strength to get it out there to Bryce. I thought that, I mean, that's just another example that this guy, like you said, Amber, he's 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 getting harassed on every play. The things that that they're doing is because of him. And you said the the best thing him in the passing game. I don't even think it's the passing game. It's just like what he does. moving the change, and he's moving them. He's he's doing a great job with that. And it's interesting you say that because right now the Cowboys are ranked sixth in the number of sacks allowed with only seven. But as you watch the oh. game, you know. You know, sometimes that's a number that you look at the offensive line. But if you watch the games, you know that he's he should have been sacked way more than that. It's his ability to be able to escape pressure and be able to make plays that's allowing this team to not have as many statistical sacks, although he's being pressured a ton. And he's kind of flirting with, with danger on interceptions, too. Like, he's he's had probably five or six that you're like, oh, whoa. I mean, he's just kind of gotten lucky that they haven't been picked. Now, unlucky with the Terrence pick six that lost the game for him. But for the most part, he's had a lot that should have been picked. That's the nature of it, though. I mean, his his first pick in Denver was was on Dez. And yeah. his pick on, against the Packers was on Terrence. And then, you know, you think the Rams game, he had a throw to Terrence that probably should have been picked. It was a play action. Terrence was coming across, and he just didn't throw it the right way. Guy got a hand on it. It happened. I think it happened on a throw to Witten in this last game where, you know, the defender had a pretty good beat on it and it got batted away. So Des leads the league in pass breakups. Yeah. Des Des has a few. He's, he's playing some good cornerback. <laughs> he tried to throw that one on Alfred Morris, hit Alfred Morris in the head in the head and bounced up and mm-hmm. I mean, he could have been I mean it's he, this is he's doing a good job of avoiding sacks, but it, he's a, he's gonna get more interceptions doing it that way. Though. This is a frustrating question to answer, like the more I'm really thinking about it because, you know, the fourth quarter against the Packers is best rush offense in the league. They're doing whatever they wanted to. I mean, you're running the, the crack sweep and Zeke's just plowing through guys. And, uh, you know, you've seen some electric passing plays. You've seen in every game except Denver, you've seen flashes of what we know that they can be. And again, they haven't been able to sustain it for a whole game. And you keep thinking this will be the week when they kind of get it on track and they still haven't quite gotten everything flowing the way that, that you expect it to flow. And I'll, I'll, I'll cater you know, to the fan who's about to throw his iPad out the window at me right now. I mean, it's very easy to argue that, I mean, I know I said the opposite yesterday, and I still feel that way. But it's hard to—it's hard to reasonably demand much more from your offense than what you saw in that Green Bay game. I mean, 163 rushing yards, 250 passing yards, three touchdowns, uh, an interception that's not the quarterback's fault. 31 points should win you a lot of football games. You would think. You would should think win you a lot of football. That's games. two this season that they've had where they've scored plus 30. And have one, so maybe just maybe at just home. run at the home. ball on yeah. second. Well, that down. other one it was on them rather than the opposing team. Well, either, whoever whoever yeah. you want to give whoever you want to say was at fault. The point is, you score thirty plus points in the NFL at home. You would you would think in most circumstances, and I don't know what the statistic is, but I would say if you look across the league, the percentage probably is extremely high that you win those games. So um, it still does point to the fact that. 
Offense just isn't seeming to be enough at this point for the Cowboys to get wins, even when they score an inordinately large number of points. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, uh, I want to talk a little bit about what this offense doesn't do so well, and then we'll get over to the defense, and we got a ton of things to talk about there. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credit start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together You picked up a spare but you're craving something better A thirst froze deep inside, you don't know what to do You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you Crave Rider You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper Crave Rider When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today Dr. Pepper I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back it's the second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're trying to fix this team uh we've uh, that what we're doing <laughs> i think that's what we're doing i think here in the bye week it's up to us to try to figure out what's going on and yeah, try to fix very this up team. To us. so um I'm, I'm hopeful that we can come out of this show with with some good pointers that then i can take over to coach garrett's office after i leave here and just like throw him down on his desk and say here you go we're trying to fix this team fix why we spend the first part of it talking about the offense? Because there, well, because there's there's always whenever you uh, whenever you look at a particular situation, you should always look at all the positives and the negatives on both on okay. all offered sides. So then you figure out what you're doing well, okay. keep doing that. Okay, what you're not doing well. You always it. tell someone about the their positives before you before you start back killing them. The negative. Yeah, <laughs> I, got it. I got it. All right, so let's flip that, Dave. Since uh, this is your area of expertise, tell know. me what's going wrong. With this offense, what do they not do well so far? My area of expertise is being negative. <laughs> Kinda, yeah. Uh, okay, sure. Yeah, I mean that's fair. You're um, okay with that? Yeah. Their offensive line is 
it's just not it's not what it was. And uh, I think there were there were plenty of concerns about that in the off season, and they they have proven to be true. Um, they're they're fine, they're fine. They run the ball fine. They protect Dak pretty well, as you said. I mean, okay, okay. Again, okay. they're okay. Like they're pretty good, which is good in the NFL, but not compared to the Great Wall of Dallas. Like not this, good enough. It's not. It's not. Again. I'm going to say this, and I just, I'm sorry. I feel like a broken record. This team has a lot of flaws, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, you have a quarterback who's playing damn well, but is not on that Aaron Rodgers level where he can mask all kinds of deficiencies. Your defense, your defense was not great last year. It's not any better this year. If this team is going to be good, it's because the offense is going to be a well-oiled machine that just zips up and down the field, runs the ball at will, and scores whenever it wants to. That's Was that not the recipe for success last year? Uh, and they're not doing it this year. And so all those flaws come to the surface when that's not happening. And, yeah, the receivers haven't been great. Dak has made more mistakes this year than he did last year. Um, but I think you can trace a lot of that back to the offensive line, in my opinion, just you know, it's it's not the dominant unit that just dictated football games the way it did last year. Amber, what do they not do so well offensively? Well, there's nothing I haven't said already, to be honest. It goes back to the offensive line. We talked about it again. And it's funny because I would get a lot of messages on Twitter. It's like, can you stop talking about the offensive line? They're fine, blah, blah, throughout this whole process. But I don't know if you guys remember how I mentioned to you guys back at training camp, I think it was, how I heard over from that side of the building, you know, from the Cowboys side, how that was their biggest concern this offseason was that offensive line, the guard position, left tackle. And it clearly has been, you know, we, we ex- a lot of people didn't expect that two guys would really make a difference in between all those other pro bowler guys but they have and it's shown and thank god Dak has been able to do what he's done to manage this game and keep it moving what's been a bigger hindrance for this offensive line the guard position or the tackle position well again for example Lyle Collins I'm still not 100% to where he's at right now he does good things but it's just not perfect just yet. And I don't blame him for that. I'm okay with the job he's doing so far. He's managed well. And Chas Green is still kind of iffy. I don't know. It's Well, I mean, Jonathan Cooper also, I mean, has is, is played the last two games. But, but with okay. him, I mean, is it really that much different no, than Chas Green? They're no. basically very close to... Being the same. I mean, Chas Green didn't go up against Aaron Donald, and and you know, probably, I don't think it would have been any different, really. I, I I mean, all training camp was kind of back and forth, and you you could ask twenty different people, and you probably got you know ten ten not you know eleven nine on yeah. uh, Cooper or Green. It's that close, and when we've seen it, you know, play play out, it hasn't been in that much different. I don't, I don't think. I mean, with with Cooper, they 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 have scored thirty points. You know, in these in these last two games, I mean, I'm not saying he's with Cooper doing it. I'm just saying they've they've done all right. It's well, just sorry. It's just strange to say because they, I mean, they finished with a hundred. It's the same thing as the Rams game. They finished with 163 rushing yards. That's outstanding by NFL standards. 
Uh, but you, we all know that 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 Zeke had what thirty heading into the fourth quarter or something close to that, and that's that's just not going to cut it. I don't think. And the, the rushing yards too, I think that is, you know, and you said four point seven and all that, and obviously one of those is a really big run by by Morris, but a lot of it too is Dak. I mean, Dak's running, you know, yeah. for 10, 12 yards every time when he breaks free and. You know, they obviously count to the rushing yards, but most of the time when he runs, it's a breakdown in the play. It's the receivers aren't getting open. And whenever it's my turn to, to say what, what, what they do, what they yeah. don't do poorly, I mean, what they don't do well, I think it would be they don't they don't make plays. They don't get open and just and really have the – I mean, they have to work for everything that they do, it seems like. Even the, the big plays, the pass to Bryce, the three passes to Bryce, the two in the Cardinal game and this one, I mean, it's like – it's not perfect. It's not how they're drawing it up. That you know, yeah, it's like playground football, right? And and that works, but they just don't have these guys that they can just you know run away from people. I I just don't think they have dynamic players. And and the the best one is Zeke, and he looks like he's you know not he's lost a little bit of a step or he's gained a few pounds or whatever it is. He doesn't look the, the exactly the same. He still looks. Like the tough, bruising running back, but not the guy breaking away from people. And they, they definitely don't have any receivers that are just going to just make their own play in the open field and take a 10-yard play and make it 65. You know, the, the difference with Zeke, in my opinion, is it's not so much that I don't think he's lost a step or anything like that. I think for him, what I've noticed this year, it's different. Last year, I thought he had outstanding vision. This year, I've seen a number of plays where it's almost like the hole is there and he decides not to take the hole as opposed to he'll just kind of run into run into traffic as opposed to taking the hole that that seems to be there. Now again, sometimes when you're looking from up high, you see things that it's not fair to to kind of say they should see the exact same thing. But I, but that was one of the things I saw from him last year. I thought was so outstanding was his vision, and he would he would see things that that even sometimes you couldn't see that he would see a little a little crease and he'd get into it. I think this year that's been more of the the thing that I've noticed about him that seems to be a little bit different. Has anybody else noticed that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I sit right next to you in the press box. I see when we both are like, what, what you know, why did he go that way? So you, you're right. I mean, there ha- there has been some of that. Uh, some of that might be the, the coaching of, hey, run the play. You run know, this is, this is where it's supposed to go. You can't coach a guy like that. No. A guy like no, that that's you- that dynamic – you don't coach him by saying just run the play. Like you, you maybe want him to be able to see things and be able to make adjustments, right? Maybe it's his visor. <laughs> you um, think? Maybe he can't wear that during games. I don't know. Maybe he needs it. <laughs> I don't know. That's it's and that's you know I've argued with with Brian about this. I watch I watch the tape with him every Monday. I come here earlier than I need to to make sure that I can see it. And I don't think there's any one thing you can point it on. I've seen Zeke misreads from time to time. I've seen him. Stopped for a three-yard gain because Lyle's guy got a hand on him, or the you know the hole collapsed because they just didn't get enough push. It's you know I think, and that's the thing with the running game. It's in the NFL, everything has to happen perfectly for you to get the result you want. That's why I mean, it's incredibly rare to see NFL teams break runs of more than about twenty-five yards. This is in college, um, so. I just think on any given number of plays, there's just enough things that aren't happening perfectly. And if anything, that's kind of gives me confidence that this thing can still get better because the only, the only thing that simulates this is playing games. And I am, and Zeke to his credit, he's 22 years old. I was so impressed when he said that he's like, Hey, this takes time. You want to be peaking toward mid to late season anyway. And obviously nobody wants to be two and three, but 
if we're sitting here calling 163 yards against a playoff team a bad day, that gives me confidence that it can get better. And I, I, I think it looks it, it clearly has looked better over the last three weeks than it did in the first two. Even I think against the Giants, what Zeke's longest run in that game was eight yards, I think. Yeah. And so you've seen again, you've seen those flashes. You just haven't seen them put it together over a substantial period of time. But I do I'm I do have confidence that that they can still get it on the level they want it. So on the topic of the offensive line and, and just from what you've seen on film, Nick, from what you've seen, Amber, what you've seen in games, it, is it also I know no one talks about this. All it, the easy target is left guard, right tackle. Is it also a part of this that other guys, I'm talking about your all pro guys, haven't had haven't had their best five games here either? And that's part of what's happening with this offensive line. It's not just those other two positions. It's that the offensive line as a whole. I know Fred, Frederick has had some costly penalties at times. I know there have been moments. I've seen some moments when, when Zach Martin's had some struggles, particularly when they played the Rams. So have there been some of the guys that you rely on to be great that haven't quite been great, and that also has affected how good this well, offensive line is? You know, Jason Witten has been a, a really good – um, he, he's been a good blocker over the over the course of his career, based on the fact that he has been an outstanding receiver and outstanding tight end. You know, we call him a complete tight end because he's great at getting open, great at catching the ball, he's reliable there, and he's been a good blocker. He's a willing blocker. Yeah. that's a good thing. But right? he's not. But he has never been dominant, and that's not been his thing. And and there's not many great wide receiving. You know, a wide, a receiving tight ends that are great at, at, at blocking. That's what makes him so good and so special. Fifteen years into his career, does he does he have some issues sometimes blocking? Yeah. Does he have penalties? Yeah, he does. And you know, do we give him a pass for it? Yeah, but because because we know that at the end of the day, I mean, that's that's what you do. Von Miller leads the league, I think, in in offsides. But you you live with that because of what he can do. And um, for the most part. You know, that's what you expect out of Witten, but he hasn't been catching the ball as much. And I think it's a product of it's too easy sometimes. That's not, uh, you know, like they're thinking we got all these plays that we draw up during the week that can get this, we can go this. But Witten going seven yards, turn around, clapping his hand, saying, I'm right here, it's pretty easy. And you could just go up and down the field when you want to. And that's why there's no secret that when when they're down by. 10 points in the fourth quarter and they just need to get a drive going that it's just waiting for 12 waiting for six waiting for eight because it's open why 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 wait till you need it to go do it and that's what they kind of did last week they they just started moving the ball with him but you're talking about the blocking you're talking about Witten and the other guys blocking and the, those tight ends yeah I mean I don't think Swaim and, and Hannah just blow people off the ball either you know they're blocking tight ends really aren't that they're they're really not that great of blocking tight ends that's kind of a problem. The other thing, and I hate to sound like I'm piling on, because again, for the millionth time, I don't think Cooper, Green, or Lyle Collins have been terrible. I don't think they've been bad by any stretch. They're learning how to be starters and hold their own. They're not all pros. That's right. okay. But I think that has, I mean, that has a ripple effect. And if you watch it, you can see it. You know, last year, Travis Frederick is probably 100% confident that Ronald Leary is going to handle his business. Now, maybe not so much. Maybe I'm looking over here and making sure, you know, Cooper or Green doesn't doesn't need help, isn't missing his block or whatever. Same thing goes with Chaz and Lyell. Maybe, or, you know, if, if you see a twist stunt and they're, they're moving directions and all that type of stuff, you know, Jonathan Cooper is not going to handle that as well as Ronald Leary does. And that has an effect on the guy that has to play next to him. And you can see that stuff. So... 
I hate to say that, you know, maybe Travis Frederick and Zach Martin aren't as good because the guys they're working with aren't as good, but I think there's some validity to that too. Um, and, you know, again, it doesn't mean that it'll be this way all year, but this is a, this is a step-by-step process. And I think you can go back to the summer and listen to us say it's not as easy as just plugging guys in. When you got two-thirds of the guys different, I guess what you're saying is that that takes some coordination. Yeah. And, and you're hopeful at least that over the next several games – they'll get better at that with time and that gel that that line being able to gel as a unit. I I really I do feel good that I'm beyond confident that they'll be better at the end of the season than they are right now. Whether that'll amount to them, you know, just tearing off eight wins in a row, I have no idea. But that's the way football works. If you're a good team with good players, you get better as the year goes on. And how often do you not even recognize the team you saw in September? Yeah. by you know november december all right let's uh let's take our final break um, we're going to come back let's get to the defensive side of the ball we do need to talk about at least a couple things that they do well and then we'll get into some of the things at that least, they don't. at least a couple <laughs> things they do. <laughs> we'll do that when we come back this is dallascowboys.com radio to work this big land you need equipment with values rooted as deep in texas soil as you are like john deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeeredealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel Will McClay and, of course, with yours truly, me, Brian Broaddus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Back to the break. Welcome back. It's the final segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Nick, take it away. Oh, yeah. Tommy Johns. Los calzoncillos más cómodos para el hombre. Suaves, confortables. Hace que no te pique I can understand nada. what she's saying. Que no te pique right. nada. Like no tienes que hacer ningún ajuste. You don't need to adjust for anything. Oh. You, you got that one? You got that one. Keep me going. Feel uncomfortable, right? Nick. Now. I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Tommy John. Uh, how about this? In football, often the quickest plays mix. This is gonna hurt me. This is gonna be bad right here. Mixed with the uh, good, good old fashioned ingenuity are the key to winning. Kind of like Tommy John's horizontal quick try flaw. I'm sorry. Uh, how about this? TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. You can get pretty good underwear. Tommy John. Bad if you're a pitcher. Good if you need underwear. Tommy right. John. Good. That's a, that's a good way. That should be their yeah. slogan. Yeah. Should be a good slogan. There you go. All right. Thank you. 
Thank you for that, Nick. All right, let's get back into it. We're uh, talking about the Cowboys. We took t- two segments to talk about the offense and what they do well and what they don't do so well. Now let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. And I could only find – This one's horrible. <laughs> you don't need Personally, I could only that. find one thing that I could point out that this team does really well on the defensive side of the ball. Does anybody want to take a wild guess of what that would be? Uh, get like a guy named Demarcus to rush the quarterback and say, sack him. Get go. Get sacks in. Get sacks that don't ultimately matter because that need, happens. We too. need. Well, they don't matter power. in the in the outcome, but they certainly matter. I think I think they've had sacks in parts of games where they needed sacks. I'm I don't think it's smart ass. I know, but I'm just saying. I'm saying I think that and and that has been a criticism people have leveled against pass rushers here at the Cowboys for years, but I think they are actually getting sacks in meaningful moments of games. I do agree with your point to some degree, even though it was kind of facetious, that you know they it, it hasn't mattered. Getting sacks doesn't matter at the end of the day or hasn't mattered at the end of the day when it comes to wins and losses for this team. The best play this pass rush has made this season might be the one they made in Denver where they sacked Simeon and forced a fumble that led to a touchdown, and that certainly didn't matter. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think that if Tyrone Crawford gets the football that's sitting right down by his yeah, feet a good one. against uh, the Rams, I mean, first play of the third quarter, DeMarcus comes off the edge and did that. But, you know, when the game's on the line, you go in, and Aaron Rodgers is driving 75 yards, you know, that's where you want to beat your guy and go and, and, and tackle him. And, and Benson Mayowa had a chance. You know, how much are we talking about the pass rush if he – I mean, this is an if, but he's got two hands on him if he can knock him down. If he if he knocks if he tackles him for the uh, for the sack, now Benson Mayo was getting into the act. He got some pressure on you know. Now they had to rush Mason Crosby on the field for a forty something yard field goal with time running out. Does he make it? Does he not? Did the Cowboys go over? To, you know who knows what happens then. Am I correct in assuming? Well, they had a timeout, didn't they? So, Pat so. and that end of game drive. I don't think so. I mean, I, I think they used their. The, they used the, it. I think they used it after that. I don't did. know. Are you talking about the, the talking Packers? About the Packers. I, I, In that I, final drive, they did have a timeout. They used a timeout. They, they used it, but I'm saying with third and eight and, and oh, with, on his scramble run. Oh, you're right. They had, they had called their timeout. Yes, they were already doing yeah, it. If, they, if, he right. gets a, a, if he sacks them there, they're going to run their guys onto the field. Right. They're not gonna be, you're not going to be like a you know, fire drill. They're going to go out there and kick the field goal. Yeah, but you're also still talking about a kicker that had already missed twice. Oh, yeah. Right? So, but, DeMar- DeMarcus has a sack in every game this season, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah. At least one, yeah. DeMarcus is great. He's leading the league with eight and a half. Tyrone Crawford has chipped in a little bit. Malik Collins is, is doing his thing. He's he's not getting the sacks that I, I would admit that I thought he'd be getting, but I think it's fair to say he's having an impact. But, but Irvin got two in his Irvin first got game two back. in his first game but back. But Malik Collins is on pace for, I think, eight. Yeah, I that, mean. That's a great season. For a defensive, for a defensive tackle, tackle, absolutely. I think he's got two and a half, right? I think. Two of the two and a half came in the same game, for whatever that's worth. But I, I get your count. Point. Yeah, that counts. Uh, um, the front four has been surprisingly good, I would say. But I don't know. It, it's hard for me to praise them too much, though, because they they're getting pressure, but is it amounting to anything? That's and that's. I mean, they get pressure and the pass is still completed, or they get pressure and. It's a delayed handoff, and Aaron Jones rips off 16 yards. Uh, I guess it's kind of that age-old question is like, what's better, a better pass rush that makes your secondary look better or a better secondary that makes your pass rush, you know, mitigates the fact that they're not that good. The pass rush is doing its job 
I would say through the first month of the season, and it does. I mean, the defense is it doesn't. It's not helping. The you know, doesn't look any better. What's weird about this team is that the positions that typically get covered up because you can provide help to them um, are actually the positions that are hurting this team. Usually, left guard. That's a, not a spot. That's a big deal. But in this case. You know, it's been a difference, and, and I think the guys are struggling. Right tackles, another spot you can give some help to, but it's a, it's a problem area. On defense, the linebackers are typically a yeah. spot where you can kind of, like, yeah. as long as you cover things up, you can be all right. Linebackers have been a problem, mainly when Sean Lee's out. Jalen Smith has, you know. Well, let's, that's something that I think needs to be said because somebody, really, somebody really pissed me off on uh, – Comes on, a rant. No, it's it's not a rant, but somebody pissed me off because they said Jalen Smith is like a wasted pick. Uh, that's and that's a little bit too far. I know it's so beyond far. Um, and okay, so first of all, it's you are seeing the signs of of where Jalen Smith is at as a player. I it's phenomenal the progress that he's made and where he got to this point. And I was saying this the other day though. I mean, it's like it's like jumping up from from rookie level on Madden to all pro with the the thought that he was playing no more than like 20 snaps in the preseason. And then he's one of your starting linebackers looked good doing it against the giants. And then all of a sudden Sean Lee goes out, this guy's playing 60, 70 snaps a game. And I don't mean it as a net. I mean, I'm not trying to slight him when I say it just doesn't look like he's ready to be the number 34 overall pick. And that's not his fault. He's recovering from a catastrophic injury. I honestly, I'm not sure it's fair to him to be putting him out there for the number of snaps that he's, that is, that he has done out of necessity. And, and, and it's, it's completely out of necessity. Um, but in, in past coverage, you saw it against the Rams. I mean, it was out there for everybody to see. And I don't think it's a coincidence that with your top two linebackers being out of, uh, out of these games, even when the offense has been playing well, they've been getting run all over. Um, you know, no disrespect to Aaron Jones, but I I can't believe how well the Packers ran the ball in that game. Yep. Um, so and so, you know, do I think Jalen Smith is a bad player or a wasted pick? Hell no. I I think as he continues to get healthier and get playing time, and especially looking into like 2018 and beyond, I still think he can be a really good football player. He's not ready for that yet, and I think these last two games specifically have have emphasized that point. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously, I mean, I echo everything you're just saying about the great story. But he's, you know, it, it's hurting the team. Like him, him being out there in, in certain areas, they they figured out how they if if teams are like, you know what, let's run him sideline to sideline, and he's not going to be able to, to 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 catch him. And and I think you were saying it earlier about the angles. You know what you think you can get because you did it two years ago. There's a guy running. I can go. You know, I can take this angle and tackle him. Well, that's not the case anymore because you know he's never played at 100 percent in the NFL. So speed is still something he's having to adjust to. And you know, all right, maybe this is a little bit of a rant. That's that's something that aggravates me. That you know, people seem like they're incapable of seeing things in shades of gray. Like it's always got to be black or white. Jalen Smith has to be an injured guy who can't contribute or an all pro. Like as soon as he gets the green light to play, that means he's ready to be that beast that we all saw on tape at Notre Dame. That's not how this works. Uh, and so you're great. He's got the green light to play. He looked good in the preseason, him and Sean Lee, they're going to be all pros side by side. We got the best linebacker core in the NFL. 
That's not the way this works. Um, and it's a lengthy process to come back from something like that, even when you are capable of playing. So, and he's not all the way completely back. I mean, that's like, my point. Even, even at the beginning of the season, the person they even said like he still doesn't have complete feeling in that exactly. In that and leg. you, when he's trying to take an angle on a running back hitting the corner, you can see it. And again, I'm I'm not trying to hate on the guy. That's just the reality of the situation. I still think he can be a damn good player. I still think all of the you know all of these things considered, I think he's he's been pretty impressive just in what he's been able to do from not playing for a year and a half. Uh, and for people to kill him for not being ready to play at a Pro Bowl level right off the bat, uh, that's BS and stupid. And you need to have a more nuanced view of the way these things work. Well, you think but, that the Cowboys. You also got to remember that what the fans have to to go off of. That he's he's a draft pick from last year's class, where those two guys were playing around at the Pro Bowl last year. Zeke and Dak. First year they come in, you know they they're they're all world, all pro, and they make it to the Pro Bowl. So. I mean, I'm not saying it's fair, but I'm saying that's what that's what people are thinking. Malik Collins, third round pick. You know what? Didn't even play in the offseason. Had a great season. Same with Anthony Brown. But I guess, and I guess my, you know, they're our, expecting that. Our they, show they shouldn't, but they are. Our show and our other shows, and really any reputable source of Cowboys information, is way more likely to give you this, you know, wait and see, patient, step by step approach, which. Maybe that's frustrating to hear, but but that's the way this thing works. So, you know, to immediately heap those type of expectations on the guy just because you know what he was at Notre Dame, it's not fair to him. It's really it's not fair to anybody in the situation. It goes back to the coaching, then, in, in my opinion. If if he's not ready to play right now, then he shouldn't have to play. He's clearly ready to play, okay, but, but not at that, but not, not at, that at that level, level. right? Not and, not at that at that at that amount or that level. To be, I mean, he playing like you said, playing 60, 70 plays a game. He's not ready for that. So the fact that the Cowboys are feel like they're in a position based upon personnel that they have, based upon injuries, whatever, they feel like they have to put him out there. That says to me that that's a that's an issue of the the front office and coaching yeah. more than it is an issue well, of Jalen Smith. You, and you're playing the Rams, and maybe they underestimated the Rams, but they went into the game with four linebackers, which no one does that in, around the league. They uh, they have four because they had two guys hurt, but they they should have gotten some help in here because of those four, one of them should not be playing 60, 70 snaps. He's coming off an, an injury um, that m- many people thought he would never play again. Another guy didn't even play all of the offseason. He retired. Now he's not retired. That's Justin Durant. Anytime you do, you're do you dealing with a guy like that, that means he's not going to play a, a ton of snaps. Kyle Wilber has never been a guy that's played a, a, a lot. He's been more of a special teams guy. And then you've got Damian Wilson, who's still kind of, you know, he's playing well, but he's kind of learning how, how to do this. Those are your four linebackers. And then you got gashed by Todd Gurley in the passing game, in the running game, and you're surprised by it. I mean, yeah. get some help. If these guys aren't ready, it's the same. It reminds me of the Bears right now, Bears fans. Is this as good as Trubisky's going to be? No, that, that he's a young guy. Okay, that was pretty good. you got to be patient with him. But they even got some help with a backup quarterback to say, we'll ease him into it a little bit. And you just can't – like you said, I, I agree with you saying about the gray area. There is no gray area there. There should be with Jalen Smith. But the Cowboys, they don't have to throw him out there. There's guys out there you can sign, I guess. You can get a linebacker. You could have made. You could have kept Nazachi on the team if you wanted to. You didn't have to cut him. So I, I agree with everything you just said. But basically and, – and that's not going to be a cure-all. But 
this defense needs Sean Lee and Anthony Hitchens to both be healthy and playing uh, to resemble the, and again, they weren't world beaters last year, but to resemble that average average unit. Thank you. I couldn't think of the right word. Yeah. If, you, if they want to be average to above average, they need those two guys there. And that's weird to say because I think in this day and age with the way the NFL is, linebackers the least important position on the defense. Uh, but, you, you know, I think back to the, the fourth and two fake handoff crack toss that the Packers converted. Sean Lee's there. I, mean, I don't know if he gets the stop, but, like, it's got a chance instead of going for six yards the way it did. Um, so those guys can help you clean up a lot of mistakes. When you look at all of the, all the things his defense does that they're not doing well, uh, the one that I look at that I think could have as big of an impact as anything else outside of points per game, obviously, because that's winning and losing, right? But uh, they're turnover differential right now. They're at negative three. They're 26th in the NFL. And this is not a team. Sometimes turnover differential is about the offense giving the ball away too much. As we not talked here. about earlier, they haven't had a, a bunch of turnovers on the offensive side of the ball. It means that the defense is not pulling their, their weight. They're not getting the ball back to the offense uh, with short yardage. Uh, by by getting 20, these kinds of turnovers. Is this 2015 or 2013? Or? Yeah, but but that's my point. And so I, I, I want to ask you guys, like, how important is that? And, and is this defense never going to be able to be good enough if they can't get to the point where they can get turnovers consistently? Yeah, because they're not going to really just go out and stop people. So yeah, you, you got to get the football out. And it's not – I think all of their turnovers are interceptions, right? I mean, No, they had a fumble recovery in Denver. Oh, yeah, it's yeah right. Marcus, that's right. I was I was about to say I mean they're not getting the ball out. I mean that's They're not though. I mean not especially one, one out of 5. With, with they practice it as much as they like it seems like every play in training camp it's like swat at the ball. Swat at, it seems like they they force more fumbles in practice in training camp than I've seen them do in in games it seems like. With the way the pass rush has gotten home so far this year, you'd think there'd be and and they did they got the ball out against the Rams, they didn't recover it. They did it against Denver, but even still you think they could do it more. And they haven't had a pick since week two, which was just a, a nice catch by Jordan Lewis on a drastic overthrow. I'll take it. I'm, at this point, you will. <laughs> but if you think it. back, you think back to week one. Yeah. Anthony Brown made a really nice read on a play and and made a really nice interception. And I we even said we were like, that's the type of pick this defense hasn't gotten in years. Because yep. usually when the Dallas Cowboys get a pick, the quarterback threw it right to them. Like you don't see guys jump routes or diagnose plays. And I actually think it even goes to, and I talked to you about this yesterday, Nick. I think one of the biggest problems for this defense is the safety position. And think about how many times you watch other games, teams around the league, where you see safeties patrolling the back end that run over, they, they diagnose a play, they run over, they jump right in front of the receiver at the right moment and get the interception. Yeah. I can't even tell you the last time I've seen those kind of plays on this team. I can, what and it's it? per, well, it's perfectly indicative of the Cowboys. I've talked about it over and over again. Jeff Heath did it in Arizona. He dropped the ball, and Orlando Scandrick got flagged, so it didn't even count. <laughs> didn't count, right? Well, let's talk about when it counted. I mean, I, oh, that's just not something. That's not something that this team has, and and that goes back to last year too. Like they had, I thought the safety position played really well, but that wasn't something you're used to seeing this team do. Is safeties just being able to patrol the field? and get those kinds of picks when when there are opportunities to diagnose a play, get in position, and make the play. It's just not something they do. And I think until they get a safety that really has that ability on the back end, it's going to be hard for this defense to to be able to get the turnovers that they need. Yeah, we thought Jeff Heath would be better uh, through five games. We thought Byron Jones would be better. And um, now I'm starting to think Byron Jones is more of a, of a corner. 
I mean, because I, I, for three years I've been saying he's a safety, he's a safety. They moved him to safety. I was like, yeah, safety. Now, every time he gets pushed around by tight ends, I think, well, maybe he should just be uh, a corner Byron conf- or something. Byron confounds me because through this point in the season last year, he had racked up four or five really badass plays. Like I, uh, The play he made against the Bengals in week five last year where he just kind of mm-hmm. poked that. I mean, he, and he did that three or four times. Yep. Uh, really nice plays. Yeah. You, haven't, you haven't seen it this year. And I don't know. I'm. I'm. I don't know why. I'm like. I'm kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Tongue tied. Just trying to talk about it. I'm at a loss for why it hasn't. Why he hasn't been able to take another step forward? Because I really thought he would. And his play through. You know, people kind of roll their eyes at us for talking about training camp. Like we watch this stuff every day, and he looked. He was doing stuff like that. He was diagnosing plays and picking off Dak in the end zone and coming across the field to help out with the corners. And you just haven't seen it translate to the games. It's tough. I don't uh, at this point. I don't really know the other. Th- sorry, one more thing I'll throw out is, hey, against you know a lot like Malik Collins last year, you kind of wrote off Malik Collins like, well, he broke his foot, he won't be able to do anything. Way wrong about that. Jordan Lewis didn't practice all through training camp. You think that's going to set him back his rookie season? Not at all. I don't been care. The best one they got out there. I don't care that he gave up that touchdown. He's been phenomenal. I I think the sky's the limit for that guy. Um, Cheeto hasn't been able to get in on that conversation because he can't get his hamstring right. And so that's potentially half of your secondary. If you think Cheeto's good enough to claim a starting spot somewhere, that's two of your four DBs that could hopefully help you revamp this thing, and one of them hasn't been able to get on the field, and that's really disappointing. But to me, until the safeties, until you get better, more consistent play from the safeties, I don't know this thing can get better because that that's still going to be not only in the passing game but in the running game. There have been just as many times we've seen those two guys either make bad take, take bad angles or slip and fall, miss a tackle. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm reminded of the play where, where Byron kind of got the guy running at him and he kind of takes on the defender as opposed to heading toward the, the guy carrying the ball. I mean, it's, it's those kind of moments where it's just like until they get more consistent play, more consistently good play from their safety position, I think this is going to continue to be a problem with, for the defense of them being able to get stops regularly. He's he's not an all pro, but I think Barry Church is sorely missed around he here is, right now. He is. A I've tried to be very optimistic throughout this whole time, but at this point, I just don't have anything nice to say, which is why I've kept my mouth shut right now, <laughs> so I don't go off and lose it. But aside from Jalen Smith and the pass rush, everyone else, I don't have anything nice to say. All right, we appreciate you guys correct it. Thank you, we appreciate Jason. you guys joining us. We'll be back tomorrow morning, 9.30, our normal time. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Dave Hellman, Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, guys?